What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Uh, today, we're going to do a deep dive on battery materials. Um, I have Chris Burns on the line, who is the CEO, founder, or co-founder, um, and head of North America operations for a company called Novonics that makes advanced uh, battery materials. So welcome to the show, Chris. Great. Thanks to be here. Yeah. So really interesting story about how I found out about you. Um, a subscriber emailed me about some of your recent news that was announced about um, a new method for uh, producing battery materials. And I actually saw like a Jeff Don quote, who's someone that I've been following um, who works with Tesla and has been researching battery materials. And so I, the more and more I looked into your company, I was just really interested in the technology you were developing for kind of these next generation battery cells um, and how this tied into the research I'm doing with HyperChange. Um, so I was really excited to have you on the channel and just kind of hear about what the technology is that you're building. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to talk about it. Um, awesome. So maybe you could give us a little bit of who you are, what your background is, and what is Novonics? Sure. So my background, I started in the battery space a little over 10 years ago when I started working with Jeff Don on my graduate work. My work within his group was focused on developing a technique that we call high precision coulometry. And really the, the premise behind that technique was if we can very accurately measure the charge that you put into a battery and the discharge capacity that you pull out of it and look at that ratio, we can forecast battery lifetime with reliable methods in a much shorter time period. Because essentially, we're going to count how many electrons you stored and how many you pulled back. And any, the, any inefficiency there is some loss in the chemistry. And whether it means your battery is going to fade quickly or going to fail after X number of cycles, uh, we're able to detect the rate of these inefficiencies really quickly. So this was back in, the project started actually with a guy named Aaron Smith, who then went to Tesla and now he's at Apple uh, in 2008. And I joined in 2009 to kind of scale it up. And what we showed is we can make these measurements of efficiency in a couple weeks and then correlate that to months or even years of cycling data through traditional methods. So we published a lot of research, talked at conferences about this. Uh, and people were, of course, really interested and, and, you know, having Jeff's name attached to it gave it a lot of credibility. And so in 2013, myself and, and David Stevens, who also worked in Jeff's group at the time, founded a company called Novonics, focused on commercializing this testing equipment. And really what we work on was trying to give people the best tools to advance their research around materials, cell designs, whatever it is, just to push the industry forward. And so we were running that business. And in 2017, a company called Graphite Corp at the time, which was working on a natural graphite deposit out of Australia, uh, came along and realized the value of this technology in developing new materials. Essentially, the ability to screen new materials in only a couple weeks instead of many months gives you this very rapid research cycle. So they were looking at developing their mine in Australia and really looked at the market and through their due diligence realized that synthetic graphite was a was a better opportunity for where the value is going to be in lithium-ion batteries moving forward which is really in the growth of electric vehicles and energy storage systems so they started working with a company in tennessee around some synthetic graphite technology and at the same time uh, acquired our company so in 2017 they formed the company called pure graphite whose goal was to develop graphite uh, a graphite supply chain for EV and ESS within North America and acquired our, our business here in, in Nova Scotia, where we really do the, the battery R&D and development work for that company as well as a lot of other things. So the company out of Australia actually took our name of Novonics because we had established 
uh, a reputation in the industry supplying equipment to all of these tier one cell suppliers and OEMs uh, over the number of years of running that business. So we have the listed company in Australia uh, as Novonics Limited, and we really have two operating businesses within them, Pure Graphite, which is our manufacturing plant for synthetic graphite in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Novonics Battery Testing Services in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Gotcha. So I'm going to try and understand this. So you had this technology that allowed you to basically test and iterate way faster and see like how fast is the degradation in batteries. And they're yep. like, wait, we want to see if this graphite material can be used in batteries. And this testing technology will let us figure out how to figure out how to get the best graphite. And then exactly. you start, started commercializing this new graphite material that was basically discovered or found out because of the testing technology. Yeah, exactly. And that was why the, the enabling technology, the, the equipment supply business is, uh, is very critical because it enables the research that can lead to these big commercial opportunities and material supply chain. So, you know, we in Tennessee, they're working on changing the precursor materials, changing the run conditions, changing the process flow sheet, all these things. And at the end of the day, we're trying to make a graphite that's going to support 10, 20 year batteries, right? So, we're talking about things that barely lose any capacity over time. So if you want to tell the difference between our graphite and some commercial stuff that you're getting, it takes months of cycling before you start to see that, that ours can achieve better cycle life. And so through our development process, though, we shortened that to a couple weeks of this high precision testing. We'd say, okay, variant A is performing better than variant B. And it really let us move through our development program much more quickly to come to a commercial product that we thought uh, the market would take and accept. And, and we've signed a supply agreement with Samsung SDI to start supplying that material to them. Uh, and so we've proven that essentially our validation, our internal validation programs are directly aligned with what we know the industry needs. So going forward, would you say, how, how does the business plan look? You're moving away from testing to commercialize this pure graphite material and try and get that into commercially you know, electric vehicles or energy storage products? Is that yep. sort of the new focus of the business plan for Novonics going forward? Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge focus on pure graphite as we're in this ramp up stage now, getting our first mass production lines installed and commissioned to start delivering product for our Samsung deal starting in October. Uh, and then we hope to uh, expand on that deal with Samsung through the first year to a multi-year deal. And we hope to bring on new customers uh, for that or a similar material over that coming time. So this is uh, a business where, you know, our deal with Samsung is 500 tons over the first 12 months. That's our deployed capacity. And, and we want to quickly scale that to thousands of tons per year over the next couple of years. Uh, wow. You know, for perspective, the Gigafactory in Nevada uses on the order of 30,000 tons of graphite per year, right? So a 500 ton contract is a, is a nominal amount, but it's the, for us to prove that we can start delivering a consistent product off our mass production lines. Uh, and then we want to quickly ramp to thousands of tons over the coming wow. years. Wow. So that's really exciting. So Samsung's already signed a contract and this technology is on basically on the cusp of commercialization and you're like in the process of ramping in the exactly. next 12 months. And so can you tell us a little bit more about this partnership or deal with Samsung and like what consumer products would it be going in? Are we allowed to know that or? Uh, so I, we can't talk about the products that it's going in, but our, okay. our product is specifically focused on the long life application market. So electric vehicles and energy storage systems. Awesome. And tell us, you know, for the graphite noobs out there, why is graphite important as material and batteries? And what is special about your graphite versus other graphites? And I know there's like a artificial versus non-artificial graphite yep. sort of trend that you guys play into as well. 
Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look and, and Elon's got kind of a, a, a quote on this of what these batteries really are, they talk about lithium ion batteries. They should really be called nickel graphite batteries, right? I mean, the, the positive electrode, and he said something like the lithium is the salt on the salad or something like this. And so the, <laughs> the positive electrode is uh, typically a nickel manganese cobalt layered oxide or a nickel um, cobalt aluminum NCA material. And these things can be on the order of 90% nickel, right? And the other side of the electrode that acts as the host for the lithium as the cell is charged is all graphite. And so the lithium intercalates into the graphite during charge and comes out and returns to that NMC or NCA type cathode um, during discharge. So the, the graphite is you know, half of the battery that makes the whole thing work. And when you wow. look at the uh, degradation of batteries, you know, they, they lose charge over time because lithium reacts to these side reactions. And, and a really kind of famous one that's talked about is called the SEI or solid electrolyte interface. And essentially the lithium that goes in the graphite is very reactive and some of it reacts with the electrolyte during charge and forms these passivating films and that consumes some of the charge and leads to fade. So really stable graphites have very low reactivity with, with the electrolyte so that you lose less of your lithium over time. So that was really our goal was to build materials that were very stable and could support extremely long cycle life. And what, what we saw you know, several years ago and is really becoming apparent, I would say over the past five years and all of the market reports are now indicating this, is that synthetic graphite, are, synthetic graphite materials are gonna have the uh, dominant role in the supply chain for electric vehicles and energy storage systems and the, compared to natural graphite. So the distinction there is natural graphite, you, you dig out of, the, out of the ground and it is already graphitic carbon. So after being in the earth, the pressure and the temperature and the time has turned it into perfectly crystalline graphite. And artificial graphite or synthetic graphite, you hear both terms, is essentially taking some other carbon source and heating it up to say 3000 degrees uh, to, to get the perfect graphitic structure. And so um, I would say that it is still not 100% clear within the industry why synthetic graphites perform so much better than natural on a cycle life perspective, um, but it's clear that they do. And so that's what really shifted the group out of Australia's focus back in 2016, 17, from natural graphite to synthetic because they said in doing their homework, they said, this is the way of the future. Right. And, and so you mentioned that like the Gigafactory Nevada uses 30,000 tons of some sort of graphite. Is that synthetic or natural or? Uh, it, it could be both a blend. They have different products running through there as well. Right. So I, I don't know, but I would I would expect that the predominant amount of that is synthetic graphite, because as as the industry has kind of shown that that's what's going to support the best performance in uh, long life applications of vehicle and storage systems. Excellent. And so you guys recently put out a big press release with called New Manufacturing Method for Battery Materials. 
um, patented by Novonix. And I just want to read the Jeff Don quote that is actually in the press release, because I think this is really interesting. Um, and he said, the ability to synthesize both state-of-the-art positive and negative electrode materials with this method is truly exciting. Uh, I believe that the onion-like morphology of natural graphite particles made from what would be normally considered waste is extremely important and could be potentially lead to the best and least expensive graphite for lithium-ion cells. I believe that the ability to synthesize appropriately sized dense particles of NMC and other positive electrode materials in a completely waste-free process, unlike the current methods used by the industry today, has huge potential. And so why this really piqued my interest is so like, okay, so there's some sort of component of you building it artificially that allows it to be recycled more easily, which is very important to the cost component, which is a key breakthrough for the mass production component of this. So can you talk, can you kind of break down what Jeff Don is so excited here when he says like the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this this is talking about a technology that we're calling dry particle microgranulation. And just snapping back a little bit to one of your questions about the business plan moving forward, you know, there's yeah. a lot of focus on pure graphite's growth in this sector and scaling that business. But we run our business out of Halifax, which also acts as a bit of a materials incubator where we're always looking for new opportunities to innovate on uh, battery materials, whether they're graphite or cathode, and we work on electrolyte systems, everything, right? And so we also sponsor a research group at Dalhousie run by a guy named Dr. Mark Obervac. And so this is actually technology that he developed in his lab. And through our arrangement, we own the, the, the rights to that technology. And so it's really amazing because it's a manufacturing process technology that we can use to make cathode or anode materials through the same process. And so typically, so we'll talk about the anode side for a minute on the graphite. So typically you start with some form of graphite if it's natural or synthetic and you have to size it, you have to make it the right size, make it the right shape, treat the surface, do all of these steps. But those sizing and shaping steps normally produce a significant amount of waste. Like in natural graphite, it could be 50%, right? So you start with a kilogram of material and by the time you're ready to process it, you only have half a kilogram left, right? And so this is a huge problem for, like you said, the cost curves around these manufacturing. You can't give up that much material to waste. So this process actually can take all of that waste material and reprocess it into uh, product particles. And so we can go from these, like, let's say 50 to 70 or 60% yield rates in graphite manufacturing to 100%, right? Um, and so that's, that's why it's very, very interesting. And the work that we did around the natural graphite side that's in the, in the press release, and there's a paper linked off in that press release that Dr. Overback and his team wrote, um, we can show that we're making very dense spheres of concentric sheets of graphene, which is this onion-style graphite, which should have very low reactivity, support longer cycle life, and again, the cost of making it should be cheap because we can start with waste products or whatever we start with, we can end with 100% yield. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why Jeff was so interested is it supports that type of activity on the graphite side and also on the cathode side. As he said, you know, typical methods for cathode manufacturing also include a lot of waste and expensive processing steps. And this, this is all done through a dry mechanical milling process. So it doesn't use solvents, it doesn't use chemicals. We come out with product powder all through a dry process, ready to feed that into somebody to make electrodes and build a battery. 
And, and from my understanding, the whole supply chain of how a lot of these materials works is really crazy and wild. Like they, the bat, the stuff that's actually in the Tesla cars, like starts in a mine, goes to China, and then goes back to Nevada, and then they make it into a car in California, and then it goes back to China. Like it's this crazy supply chain. Yeah. So a big part of this also play is like getting less dependent on Asian supply for these materials and making it U.S. like made in the U.S. That kind of uh, supply deal, um, and maybe like a smaller carbon footprint in the whole mining production process as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you guys are basically now an alternative from just China and Asia? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was a critical part of the business when we set up Pure Graphite was to show that we could support a materials supply chain outside of Asia. And, you know, over the past couple of years uh, with trade wars and now COVID related issues, you know, sectors that are increasingly dependent on Asia and specifically China are really waking up to realizing this is not a, not a sustainable method moving forward to build these industries. And, and now you look at how critical lithium ion batteries are to the economy. They're in everything, right? Let alone the growth that's coming in EV and ESS, but, but there's a battery in every device, right? And so the fact that that supply chain is essentially almost completely controlled by China is a huge problem. And, and now it's been really an amazing time to be in this industry because what we're starting to see is battery manufacturing finally move out of China. And of course, the, the Gigafactory in Nevada is the first big notable example. But now there's you know, plants announced by LG and SK in North America. And there's, a, there's a, a, a significant number of plants announced in Europe to start building uh, batteries to support electric vehicles. So we're finally showing that battery manufacturing can exist outside of Asia. And then in our mind, a few years ago, it was clear that the next step for that is if you remove your reliance on Asia for building the batteries, but you still source all of the materials from Asia, that doesn't actually solve the problem, right? So you had to be able to build a supply chain for the raw materials outside of Asia as well. And that was really our, our goal when we started Pure Graphite was to show that we could start with a U.S. sourced, U.S. made product, um, compete with China on price and outperform them on performance and be able to support the growth that's happening in North America with no reliance on Asia. So cool. And so um, I, I feel like we could talk about the technology forever. I also want to cover a little bit about the business because you're like listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, which is weird, even though you have a Chattanooga factory and Halifax lab. So I'm curious, like, what's the actual business like? Uh, you just raised 50 million, like, or I believe you did a big funding round. Could you tell us yeah. maybe start a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So again, the the company, the parent company is listed out of Australia and is more or less a holding company of the operating businesses here in North America. And that structure kind of came from the artifact of how it was set up with the company starting in, with the listed company starting in Australia, looking at a natural graphite deposit, and then realizing the opportunity was in process technology downstream technology and and the industry in that technology and the growth sector isn't exactly in Australia right now. And so the opportunity was in the US. And so the guys involved in that company really said, we want to build a big business. Like we're not tied to what we thought this company was going to be. And they, they kind of took this big turn in 2017 um, to set up the North American or to, to set up this structure that we have today. And so Historically, the funding that uh, supported the development of the pure graphite materials and, and now some of the expansion of the plant 
has all been raised through the parent company just because of accessibility to capital. Um, and so we, yeah, we just completed a um, close to 60 million Australian uh, capital raise. And, and that really served two critical purposes. We cleared our balance sheet of all of our debt. A lot of the previous rounds were raised through notes. Um, and so we've cleared our balance sheet of debt. We've gotten everybody to convert to, uh, to shares uh, because they see the opportunity in the business. And secondly, it's uh, putting a fresh injection of capital into Pure Graphite to support uh, the growth that we want, we expect to have to put on the ground to support uh, our customer growth, as well as continuing to advance some of our technology programs. For example, this microgranulation program, where we could see that uh, deploying that technology could increase our yield and therefore further decrease our cost. So gotcha. this this capital raise was, uh, you know, big a big number, but it was really positioning the company for the the right growth opportunity moving forward. Clearing the debt, funding the company for what we need to do to put more production on the ground and further develop some of the technologies. And what what's like the like market cap, or maybe you could just tell us the share count. Um, and did you guys have material revenues before this, or is it basically just like? Yeah, so we've we have revenue generating out of the uh, the business here in Halifax. So we sell equipment, we provide consulting services, development services. We work with a lot of companies on validating their materials. We have a battery pilot line in house. We build pouch and cylindrical cells and test them. Um, and so we have revenue within the company that's only generated through that business unit, and it's modest. It's a you know a few million dollars a year. Uh, otherwise, that's it. And so the I believe the market cap. Um, is something around 60 million Australian dollars. You know, we have we have the right amount of cash to to run the business for the next two plus years and expand growth while we move into uh, pure graphite being in a cash flow mode instead of in a pre-commercialization mode. Awesome. And the last thing I want to ask about is you. There's a couple places on your website where it says your Tesla is a customer, but it was hard for me to get an exact take on that but then i looked in your new investor presentation and you guys have a non-binding mou um, with a company called sanyo in japan who is owned by panasonic which is the company that makes all the cells for tesla at the gigafactory i guess so i'm i don't know how much you could talk about that but what's is there any comments you have on that it seems like you guys are working with panasonic as well not just samsung yeah, correct. So we're, you know, there's really five big cell manufacturers out there, uh, Samsung, LG, SK, CATL, and Panasonic, and, and Panasonic makes most of the cells through Sanyo. Um, and so those are really the people that we've stayed focused on because uh, they are the people that can support us growing to tens of thousands of tons or 100,000 tons uh, of production volume over the course of this decade. And so Samsung we had very close relationships with, and so they were kind of our first primary um, relationship, but Sanyo and Panasonic were basically right behind that. Uh, we had good relationships there. I've worked with a number of their technical team because I worked at Tesla for two years. Um, and so we worked with them through this pre-commercialized material and said, went through their testing and evaluation programs and after positive results signed that that MOU to say we want to further test the material at the production volume levels. Um, and again, with the with the hope that we can start supplying material to their factories. Wow. So it sounds like you're really um, sort of at an inflection point after almost a decade of working on a commercialized this technology, like you're ramping it, you have to deal with Samsung, like 
there's really, you're kind of going from like testing and, you know, R and D to really putting these, this technology into consumer products now is what I'm getting. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a really exciting ride, you know, for me the past 10 years, starting the company seven years ago, really all the graphite work really started about three, three and a half years ago. Uh, and with a big focus on that, when we set up pure graphite and, and were acquired by the Australian company and you're right, even through the past couple of years of running that business, it's been a, a product development program and an R and D program. Uh, and now we are at this inflection point where we have our first supply contract. And again, as far as we understand, this is the first time that anyone in North America supplied has signed a, a material supply contract for graphite to any of those big five cell manufacturers. This is a huge wow. milestone, right? Not, not just for us, but I think it's important for the industry because it's showing that uh, growth can come outside of Asia. And, and we, it's a first mover type of opportunity. And we think that we have a great team great technology behind it, good relationships with the customers to show that these materials can, can work well for these um, consumer applications of vehicle and storage systems. And so, yeah, the, the next couple of years are going to be a really exciting time. Awesome. I feel like that's a perfect place to end it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time and uh, can't wait to follow all the progress for Novonics and just, you know, see how this ramps up and uh, maybe we'll, we'll have you on the channel again soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Had a great time and hopefully we can talk again soon. Yeah, have a good one. All right, thanks. Bye.